Today, I'd like to welcome our guest, JJ Bojani. Thank you for coming here today to meet with us, JJ. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're really looking forward to hearing about your story and really finding a purpose and and in finding that space to think clearly and jumping outside of the comfort zone to really show up and care for yourself and show up for yourself in a really authentic way and what that means for our life and and the and the inner critic that comes out often when we want to step outside of our comfort zone um, and how that shows up and can sometimes interfere with our capacity to get where we need to be. So thank you for being here today. When you move from New York and Allentown down to like Orlando, the pace of things, the pace at which things go, did you notice that right away? Absolutely. I didn't notice that. I didn't, I didn't notice the pace um, as much as I noticed the noise. So like, you know, being up north, New York, Pennsylvania, there's, you know, there's noise. There's, there's fire trucks, there's police, there's something going on. And uh, Orlando, you can drop a coin in the middle of the day and you would hear it because it's just silent. <laughs> and then, you know, people at the traffic will take longer to move. My dad was getting more upset than he was over there. So, you know, you start noticing these little things that... To me, didn't mean much, but now I'm like, when I go back to New York to visit, I'm like, whoa, this is, everything's fast forward. This can slow down. As you grew up, I remember seeing you and seeing how there was this, there was this ambition. There's always this ambition inside of you. What is it if you can take yourself back to your early days? What was it that you would, not, not what you think it was today as you analyze yourself, but if you just take yourself back to that person. What was it that that person was just genuinely after? What is it that they were looking so forward to? What was it that they wanted so bad? So looking back, I would say is probably, you know, wanting to get the stuff that, you know, I didn't have. So more materialistic things that, that, you know, at at the age of 10 and 12, I'm like, you know, why isn't my dad driving Mercedes like this guy's dad? Or why isn't, why are we living in that big house like this guy's living in? Why are we living? So those were the things that, you know, at that age, without analyzing myself now at that age, those were the, the materialistic things was the only thing I knew at that time. To me, that was like the beginning stages of like, oh, there's there's something more to be had here. I just don't have it now. You know, somebody asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's uh, like rich. <laughs> and it's like, uh, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I want to drive that car. I want these things. And usually it came from not having those things, right? Like they say, we covet what we do not have. What did that signify to you then? Like, I mean, if you had, if you see the car, you see the house, you see whatever, what did that, what did that signify to you that they had these? I was, what did it, you know, if you had the nice car, if you had a nice house, if you had the nice things, then everything else had to be going well. And at, you know, 11, 12 years old, I'm like, if I have the car and the house, then what else could go wrong? Yeah. They look successful. They look happy driving that car. So, so it must be. So that, that's the pursuit of happiness, right? Isn't it? So, um, so you started doing this, um, and uh, and and so you found out that there was another way to kind of to get out there and do it. What, what did then? What did you then do about that? As as you discovered that. So as I discovered that, then obviously, like any other um, guy would do, I, I try to figure out how I can get involved. So now it's going to high school, working for a set people during high school, so I could you know kind of figure out what they did. To be able to not go to college, to be able to drive the nice cars and do the nice things and travel and, you know, do all the things that I was looking to do. 
So, you know, if you can't beat them, you join them. So I joined them. Get me into a place where you don't have to go to school and everybody's making money. And get me out of this, you know, detention center that I hate every day. And then we just get out and, and you know, inevitably you end up learning because you're just around people that are doing things, right? So, like, whether I was learning, you know, on purpose or on accident, I was, it, was, it was happening. Yeah. So you left high school? Is that what, like, you actually left high school? No, so in a, in Florida they had an OJT program, so it's basically on the job training program. So you could take off the oh okay yeah. classes of the day you could take off, had, yeah, you know a job. So I was working at McDonald's prior to that, and that was going nowhere fast. So when I got an opportunity to work in the industry that I'm in now, I jumped on it and yeah, took off two periods. Now to me that was the the turning point in my life. It was yeah, it opens up doors. So you get into this place where you're starting to, you're learning. But what did you discover next as you as you kind of jump in and start learning things? I discovered it wasn't as easy as it looked, that's for sure. <laughs> there was a lot that went into getting the nice car and, and keeping the nice car. I'm doing, that, doing all that stuff. But I think that what I learned was formal education was not definitely for me. Um, but this street education is where I was leaning towards. Um, because, you know, I only learned until today, I only learn things when I get slapped. So it's not like, you know, I'm sitting down and planning things and I'm like, oh, this may get me into a little bit of trouble. I'm head first. And then when I get in trouble, then we'll figure out how to turn right next time. So that's what I did. You know, it's interesting because Trina, we've worked with some of the same people, um, in, in our past, I, I used to work with some people out there in Orlando. And it's funny, I came from a different background, Ali. I came from a background where I did get some education. It wasn't even much of an education. It was, I had a degree. And um, I remember when they first invited me to join them, they said, hey, we need a guy like you in our company. We need a guy who, you know, can, can do things the way you do things. And I had this feeling, I went in as if I had something to give them. That's the feeling I had. Then when I got there, I quickly realized that, oh my gosh, I have so much more to learn. So it's interesting, right? Like we both took two different sort of approaches to get there. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I just came into it because it was a friend of mine who simply said, we're moving to Florida. And I was like, I'm it. <laughs> so it was just that, it was that simple. So when I joined working with these guys, I I started realizing two two key components. One was... I got a lot to learn. And two, it's freaking hard work. The time that they put in, the hard work that they put in. I mean, did you realize that as well? Like how intensely? I always thought it was just come to work, you know, and that that environment was so, like you said, it was very friendly. For me, I was like, this is great. I just get to chill and we get to make fun of people. And we would, you know, practical jokes would be going on in the office all day long, right? Like we'd yes. study people's state, friend. You know, all kinds of like, you know, office crap that would happen. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the, at the end of the month, you know, the sales numbers are on the board and I'm like, eh, great. I didn't realize that it's, it's not nine to five. It's, it's five to five. Like it's all day, all night. You have to eat, live and breathe it for it to actually become something else. Did you just take to the work naturally or were you like, dude, this is hard work. Maybe I don't want this. So I think that because the the work was a sales kind of thing, and one thing I'm, I I really like doing is the chase of getting the deal and closing. I don't like the paperwork part and all that crap, but you know, 
put me in a room where I can close a deal and then let me close and somebody else can do a follow-up, cool. But like to me, it wasn't it wasn't work. It was fun, man. It was it was I got to learn different ways to close a deal. But then what did you do to work differently? I mean, at, at the beginning, you didn't have these call it strengths or these skills. Yeah. So then what did, how, how did you develop? Watch all other 17 people, how they would react, how they would interact with people. I would go on trips with other guys, even though it wasn't my vendor or my customer, I would just go and sit in the room and just listen to how they conduct themselves. I had my first vendor come in. I had him come to the office instead of me going to lunch with him because I was kind of like nervous. So I had him come to us and had my you know, manager at that time sit with me and have a conversation and just help me, you know, break the ice. Now looking back, I just wasn't confident that, and I wouldn't say I'm 100% confident now, but if you're talking to me in my business realm, that I'm, I feel comfortable. You start achieving that, right? Like you're starting to see the response and you're getting confirmations back. So, you know, your vendor didn't drop you or your customer didn't drop you after they met, and right? And you got the sale and now you're, you're getting more sales or you're, you know, you're, you're getting a better, a flow. You're, you're in a flow of some sort, right? You felt like you're getting into some flow. And so with that flow comes confirmations, like you're making more money, your sales are going up. You're feeling the rewards of it all now. Then what happens? Then you, you know, you get on, you get on the, the board, the sales board that they had. And, you know, this is, this is how I look at it now. Like that sales board to me back then, it was so scary. We would have all 17 sales reps and months of the year down the hall, the whole year. And every month, your total sale numbers would go on the board. So guys are doing hundreds and thousands of dollars in sales, and I did $8,000 in sales. And if that doesn't kick you in your butt, then nothing will. And I think that's almost the sink or swim, right? Because you have some, you have your own humility. Self-worth is all a lie. Literally in a you know, 12 by 12 board that has your name. Has everybody else's name? They're like, oh, everybody else performed great, and JJ, you suck. So you know, and you, when you taste that medicine, you never have it again. So now you're, you know, I've had that name at the bottom of the board as well. Um, and so then, you know, you see the name at the bottom of the board. Was there ever a time, Ali, you're seeing yourself? I mean, that's where you started, right? So that's the point of why we're here right now. And I think you love that you started there too. I think it's it's great to know you came from there. I, I want to take it back. Yeah, but were there ever was there ever a time that you were trying and then you're not moving up the board? You're like, this ain't working. Like, Tarzan, and the first the first six months, I don't think I came off the bottom of the board. <laughs> and was there a game that I did? You know, all seventeen people knew about it. Yeah, yeah. Quiet guy. Like, now you're gonna know I came off the board. And these months, you had attitude like the whole time that I've known. So even when you're at the bottom of the board, you have previous like successes to kind of remind yourself that, hey, I'm, I'm good when I put my mind to it. I'm good. I'm good. You know, yeah, you had to lean on that a little bit. Oh, a lot. If not, you, you get crushed in that kind of environment. You don't have any self, you know, you have to be able to tell yourself something when you're, you know, when you, when the board comes out on Friday and you're dead last and you walk in the bathroom, you got to be able to tell yourself something besides don't cry in front of certain <laughs> Yeah, and make sure that you're you're coming back stronger on Monday. But yeah, absolutely. I think you know, what you say to yourself, other than don't cry. I'm saying, well, the first is don't cry. And the second is don't forget the goal. And any any goal that's worth having takes time. 
So, but what makes you think after failing, let's just call it that for a second, for three months, four months, five months, you're not coming up. And I know these guys, they're not going to just like, here, make way for you. At some point in time, did you stop even, did you stop believing? No, I think what I did was I made smaller goals for myself. So if I only did $8,000 this month, next month the goal is to do twelve. And if I could reach those little goals within myself, I was, it was almost a game with my Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, you know, if I could reach 12, then what's 120? And if you get to 120, then what's 240? But just like you said in the beginning this, I didn't think about having the house and the car because it seemed so far away. Well, that goal of getting to 150K in sales in a month seems so far away when you're at eight. So all I can do is make something a little bit closer to eight, not 150. So that's all I did. Every month it was, you know, the big game was going on. People were throwing staplers and things were happening. And in my head, there's a small game going on. Like, hey, man, just get to 12, get to 15. Did you turn it more into a competition with yourself than other people then? It's still happening to us today. Yeah, because that's really where it is, isn't it? It's definitely all inside my own. Is that interesting, mm-hmm. Trina? That happens naturally. Like we 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 we're, we've got these references to others, relativity to others, car, house, sales, whatever, right? And then at some point in time, it gives, and you're like, uh, you know, you started calling them smaller goals, but really they were back into competition with yourself. That's exactly it, and you're starting to. And then you start experiencing some success and then you start developing some momentum. And then next thing you know, it's tomorrow, as they say, right? Uh, a lot of people don't hear that part. Um, don't remember that part that you started all the way with nothing. And not only do you start with nothing. And when I say nothing, like let's all, let's, let's all give your parents their due you know, credit. <laughs> Were it not for your parents, right? Like obviously, right? But when we say nothing, um, you start at the back of the pack. And nobody necessarily even made it easy for you. It was like a beat down sometimes that you're taking. Right. Um, but there's something also to be said about it not being made too easy for you too. Um, and, and I know the guys that you worked with and I know like the founder, and, and like I said, he's like a father to me. Um, but he was always thinking or they're always thinking really at the end of the day about your success too. They know that this is just, this is their way of driving you. Maybe there are other ways. What do you call it? Tough love is real and not about Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely a tough love kind of guy. Um, so, so, hey, that's the truth, right? Like, it's been tough for you. It's been tough for you. So, to find the love in it is, is also an accomplishment. Um, but as you, as you did that, now, now you're succeeding. You're going well. You're starting to see, you're starting to see results. Um, then what? Then I decide to say to myself, why can't I eat the whole pie? Okay. You know, with, when you start doing things and, and, you know, start achieving goals that you thought were impossible. And then you start saying, okay, so if that was impossible and I achieved that, how far into a possibility can I go? And then you start saying to yourself, well, why not do it by myself, for myself? And why not be able to, you know, kind of duplicate that process for somebody else, but in a much more coddled environment? Um, because I don't think now, like if, if I had an office, you know, in my office, if I, if I did what we did back then, you know, I think I would get shut down by the state because it was inhumane. Sometimes the, you know, the, the mental stress that, you know, you were given, but yeah, I think, you know, at, at some point, and I think 
knowing that you are wanting to do something for yourself is the only reason why I got into it in the beginning, right? Like it was to buy the house for myself, not for somebody else. So, but JJ, you bring up a good point. Um, and you know, uh, you talk about mental health at work and it's a big topic nowadays. Um, a lot of times and, and wellness overall, your overall wellness and, and mental health being a big part of it. And I think this could help a lot of people out there. When do you start noticing that you're going from tough love to unhealthy? So I don't think I, I don't think I experienced or I don't think I knew. And I still actually, no, I, I don't think I experienced unwellness there or anywhere else. I think it was just uh, me subconsciously being selfish and wanting to do something for me only. You know, when you work in a sales position, you get paid commission. Somebody else is getting paid the 75% if you're getting paid 25%. So in my head, the simple math was if I do X sales every month and I'm giving away X, then let's say 50% of X is, you know, running expenses, but the other 50% is up for grabs. So better be me than you. And so I don't think it was, you know, that environment, I... I Looking back on it, I, I don't think I ever was unwell in that environment. I think that envi I think I thrive in that environment. If it wasn't for that environment, I don't think I'd be out. I will not be where I am, for sure. So that environment for me worked. For others in that environment, I saw them crash and burn. Um, you know, and it's expected because, like you said, it's definitely not. Cool. So, so you did well. That's amazing. Also, to say that you would thrive instead of survive through through situations like that how how is it that you were able to then convert something that others would crash and burn in to something that you could thrive in at that point i'm pretty much the majority of breadwinner for my gym my mom and my dad both so i think you know yeah they put me through the ringer because they knew a i could go through the ringer and come out stronger and you could see that the difference in approach for different people so like if you were the kind of guy that they knew, hey, man, we can give it to this kid and he's actually going to come out on top, they would give it to you. But if you weren't that person, you would, you know, they would realize fast and you as that person would realize fast. Just end up leaving because you're like, this is way too much heat. Having that exterior pressure of, hey, man, there is no option of folding because if I fold, then my parents are relying on me to do something. You know, my dad got sick, couldn't work, whatever the case is. You know, it all fell on my lap and I accepted that also. And I think that was also the fire on the other end that kept this fire from being. What's the timeline for that, JJ, yeah. from the time like you started this to your dad got sick and you'd be in a position of caring for ruin? So I would say two years, two and a half. Oh, wow. No, it's it's definitely been, you know, sink or swim from as long as I up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, two years he got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Couldn't, couldn't, you know, wasn't able to walk waist down. Um, so, you know, at that point it was me or nobody. So, and I think you know, looking back on it now, I mean, obviously, you know, seeking um, professional help is something that I've done, like seeing a psychiatrist and 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 speaking to them, and you know, getting all these things out has been something that has helped me get over the hump per se, but. I think, and, and that's what brings me to, you know, I think that whenever I'm against the wall is when I perform the best. And there's not many people that are like that, but the people that do are able to do that, you know, the results are 
are there. So I think that would be the difference. I just, I always knew that everything around me was like so forceful, I guess, for lack of a better word. So whether it was the office being forceful, whether it was at home, you know, things had to get done. Um, I didn't know any other way. So it wasn't like, uh, maybe this is not for me. No, like we're here now. So it's either again, sink or swim. You know, some actually try to simulate that in real life. And the concept they use is called throwing away the ladder. You know, like you can't go back down. So Ali, like then you decided to start your own and, and it was a huge success right out the gate. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I bought the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're not, it was a reality check. It was a reality check that I made it sound so simple in my head that, and they're getting 75% of what you're making. Forty percent out of seventy-five percent is expenses, and the other forty percent is you know free money. Right. Very false mathematical. Um, I should have seen in school to learn math a little bit better. <laughs> if that kind of thing comes in handy, huh? Yeah, for sure. So no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't hit the ground running. Uh, it was definitely hit the ground. For <laughs> sure. Uh, but again, you know, I was my my wife and I were expecting, and she was due. My, my daughter was born in February, and this is January that I started my own business. So three weeks before my daughter was born, I start the business, and I'm, you know, I tell my wife, and I'm like, she's like, are you sure? Are you sure? And I'm like, no, I'm not sure, but I know that based on my track record, you know, if something has to get done, it will get done. So we'll, you know, we'll get there. And then, yeah, February 15th, my daughter was born, and I started January 1st and signed my lease from my office January 22nd or something like that. And which year was this? 2016. 2016. So it, it's interesting that happens with, and again, that's that's the startup culture sometimes that, you know, there there is so much studying and so much research that goes into like getting it off the ground right, hitting the ground running, like planning, 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 planning. Um, you felt like you knew this business, you, you made some calculations and you got the calculations, you know, you were slightly off. You weren't like, you weren't like raw. You weren't wrong. It's just the math had a little, X was just a different number. You thought it was one and it turned out to be four. It's interesting how like the, the, the baby being born could have been your, 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 at that point in time, the pressure, the motivator that you need. Absolutely. I, and I didn't really, without that, I, I think without the pressure, I, I think I get, it's going to sound bad, but I guess I get lazy without the pressure. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel that pinch, so it's, it can't be that bad. And when the pinch comes, I'm like, oh, pinch the back. Be cool. I'm going to do something. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, you know, without, I, I don't think it would be, I, I wouldn't have put my head down and done what I had to do if there was no baby. It was scary every day because, you know, who are you going to call? I'm by myself. I can't call the guy I used to work for to ask for advice. Like, hey, remember me? The guy that used to work for you? Yeah, I left and I'm with my own. How about, how about you mentor me here? That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. So it was, you know, figure it out or don't, man. And, you know, yeah, of course, like I, I never went to school for accounting. I never knew the state laws. I never knew HR problems. I, I didn't know any of this. I don't know it now. Like, <laughs> so what did you do, Ali? Like, it's not too long ago. What did you do? I just did what I knew how to do, and I just overdid it and hoped that everything else would work out. <laughs> So I mean, sold more, bought more, and worried about the rest later. I have this um, saying up above uh, the water 
tank in my kitchen and it says well done is better than well said <laughs> and so it made me think of that like what you're doing but it's like, that I like that. yeah it's a good i like it because it's like sometimes you just gotta do the work and you can't and here i am like a social worker and we talk about thinking and planning and strategizing but sometimes you just gotta like literally go with your gut and uh and just do and then recalibrate as you're doing um because i think when you're in survival mode that's really what it is you don't have the luxury of reflecting all the time and in a in a thoughtful way right you know like the story we get told right a little we get told this a lot in 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 the quranic sort of teachings right it's a story about an ant it's like you know if, if an ant can find food you know i'll get food i'm not gonna starve i should be okay and uh, and that was that was it but it all comes from the same place now, okay, Ali, so you figure things out. You're moving along 2016, 17, 18. You're moving along. You seem to be figuring it out as you go along. So then why do you all of a sudden get all disruptive with the way your day goes? What, what are the signs to you that you wanted to change something? So I think it's, you know, in the beginning, you asked me, you know, what made you do it? And, you know, it was the materialistic house, car, travel, that stuff. What I what I've failed to realize then and what I realize now is at some point you do that stuff and now it's like, okay, now what? Once you achieve the goal of the material, now you're like, all right, what do I what can I do to to you know, keep going? So now I'm looking at myself and I'm like, all right, well, you're pretty messed up. There's gotta be some stuff that we can fix. And having a conversation with, with the way that we're having now, everything sounds like it was just bam, 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 bam. House. Okay. Every two bands got me one pop, you know, and every three bands got me two pops, you know, but you know, this will be a long podcast. They're full of pops too. I don't need to know. I don't need to know all the pops, but you real with me. There's got to be something that said to you, something's off. You're messed up. Why would you say that? You sound like good. You're married. You got a kid on the way. You're doing all these things that you should be doing. What's not right with you? Yeah. So when I sit down with people that were in the business and I tell them my story and they're like, you're actually psychotic. You, you should get checked out because nobody in their right mind leaves a W-2 job that gives you a paycheck and, be, and just jumps off the cliff three weeks before they're having a baby, right after they got married. You're not known. Nobody does this. I don't want you like, and I've talked to several people and I'm like, nothing about what you said is normal. We just want to let you know that. But then again, you know, I'm also not a normal person. Like my heart's on the opposite side of my body. Like I'm just not normal. It is. So I, I tell myself that I'm crazy because I've done a lot of things that I don't think a normal person would do. And, you know, gone all in on things that I don't think other people would have done. Um, you know, got slapped a lot more times than I think other people forgot slapped because they wouldn't have been just more conservative than I was. But, you know, looking at yourself and saying, okay, what can I do now to, to you know, I guess pass this along to my kids and have to, you know, give them an actual blueprint of, Hey man, you can do A, B, C, D, F, G and not be as crazy as I was. Still get to the results that you need. So you start looking at yourself and you're like, all right, you know, what can I improve within myself? So that I can also not now I'm responsible for another body, right? Like there's another human. So you felt like you were taking too many risks. Is that it? I feel like I was taking too many risks. And I think that, you know, when you roll the dice and you hit the number you're supposed to hit a couple of times. At some point, you start thinking you're you're smarter than the casino, and that's when 
you know, things start to shift. So you make you you make a couple of uncalculated decisions or in your head calculated decisions, but because they worked out in the past, you keep doing it. And then when they don't work out, you start looking at yourself like maybe I lost that calculation in my head. And that's what made me go to like the 5 a.m. club, for example. And to me, the 5 a.m. club was forget about the waking up early, working out, all that great stuff. But it was just about having that peace in the morning where I could actually sit down and make a plan. Like I haven't had a plan since 2016 because the plan has been make survive eat. Exactly. Survive. The plan was eat in 2016. Now we're in 2023 and the plan isn't eat anymore. It's make a, make a real plan. Let's, let's do something for the future. So the guy who never had a plan is now finally starting to say, it's a good idea to have a plan. Absolutely. And when you started wanting to sit down to, to make plans and to do things like this, um, did you, did you ever feel like, um, like what, what made you think that that's going to lead to a better outcome? Because I think having, having structure is important, not just, you know, in business. Cause I think, you know, the business side handles itself at some point, but on my personal side, having structure where I can leave work at 6 PM or 7 PM and turn that off and turn on my second job, which is my family and my kids, my wife, my mom, and, you know, deal with that separately from dealing with this. Cause you know, the lines get blurred quickly when it's with you by yourself and your small business and you're, you know, just trying to eat and, you know, your, your wife's coming to the office because you just had a baby and you guys are, you know, having lunch together. No, it becomes very inclusive and you end up taking on those bad days home. And, you know, obviously that's not warranted because what did my, you know, at that time, what did my six month old do to deserve me being upset because a deal didn't go through at work or a customer didn't pay us or a shipment was late. Something as small as FedEx didn't show up with the box today, it would, my whole demeanor would change at all. Do you think with the, with the plan, the time, the creating the space to have, to do the plan is really more about creating the space for reflection. 1000%. Because I started journaling. Like if, if you would have talked to me in 2016 and you brought up journaling, I would say you're a hocus pocus. Right. And now I'm journaling, I'm meditating, I'm doing all the hocus pocus stuff that I was talking about then. Um, and so that's the thing that's, so what are those things? Because that's, those are the things I feel that help people be able to show up more authentically. And I know I used to call it mumbo jumbo. <laughs> so I'm trying to understand it. I'm too busy. I'm too busy to do this. I don't have time for this. Exactly. They don't know what it's like to, to, to live this kind of grind. And so can you speak to like what that, um, that kind of, because you're diminishing this negative self-talk and pushing through to actually get to the capacity to be able to benefit from meditation yeah. or to benefit from journaling. So like, what was that part of the journey like? For yeah, I've been from thinking like it's hocus pocus to like doing it. Like what? I don't understand. What changed? Yeah, so I, I read in the 5 a.m. club was, and in that book, I've read it probably 74 times. No, it's average. Um, and I started also like, really listening to people around me. There was a few guys that I would talk to. We would have a cigar every Thursday and we would talk in the same industry. Some not, some are. 
but all, you know, successful in their own right. And we would sit down on Thursday, we'd smoke a cigar, and we'd talk about, you know, business and work and, and, you know, that conversation started changing into, hey, man, what about you? And we started doing like a, a mental wellness check almost on ourselves. Hey, JJ, how are you on a scale of one to 10 mentally? And and my beginning, I was like, I'm 11. Not to I'm 11 mentally because, you know, I'm Superman and you guys are wasting my time right now with this Hocus Pocus. But then you read a book like the 5M Club and everything starts making sense because it's like a story. And it's not like a, because I hate going to school, like still, like it's a passion of mine. I hate, I hate to do going to school, but like that book wasn't a, I'm going to tell you what it's about. It's that book is, I'm going to give you a story and you're going to learn what it's about the story. And I think that's why that book clicked within so much. That book taught me meditation, taught me, you know, that one hour, the power hour, they call it in the book. That hour in the morning is if I could do that in 2016, man. When did you first see the change in it showing up for yourself? I think the first time I actually took, for me, like till now, like meditation is probably the hardest part for me. But when I took journaling serious and I actually sat down in the complete darkness and took out my phone or, or paper and I just wrote down in no structure and no format, just offloaded everything. Um, the fact that that session could make me like literally get emotional is when I knew that there's something. Yeah. You can almost feel it. Like, yeah, it's like that brain dump. It's very cathartic. Yeah, absolutely. When I sit down with myself the next morning and journal and I have that conversation with myself and I'm going to say, okay, what did you do yesterday? Oh, you did this. And like I, and I, and I do this in the morning from 520 to 540 every morning. So last thought is, um, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people get stuck on that part where they talk themselves out of doing something that's going to help them, even though they need it. What do you say now to, to somebody who's, who's kind of like at that same cusp to go over, to go over, to take that one step forward? What I would say to myself is that trying something for whatever intention it doesn't matter as long as you try it so if i'm trying to like i i tried this just to so it, so i could have a laugh and i could tell people that you guys are all psychotic and i'm not and that turned into me actually now talking to you about it and saying hey this stuff so you know jumping off the bridge sometimes is is not a bad idea as long as you're not gonna die this wasn't a life for and here you are. So um, lovely to see it come all the way through to to this point. And I think I'm really just excited. I don't think you're anywhere done. I think there's a lot more to see uh, to see you do. And I'd love to hear more about your ideas, the things that you're working on, and then more importantly, how you break through on that. Oh, it's been a slice, man. Um, and for somebody who says Trina, he's watching every single one of our episodes, who who watches his time and what he does. And to be as ambitious as he is, appreciate the support, Ali. Thank you.